this episode too was recorded in August. And if you're feeling a little low, this could be just the thing you're looking for. Yeah, it's with the wonderful Darren Litton. And if you don't know much about him, you're going to find out. There's loads there. Also, we've got everyone else. We've got Bethia, we've got Adam, and we've got the boys at Film Bag as well. And an added extra. Yes, I'm going to be promoting other people's podcasts. Yeah, why not? next we all gotta help each other i've got a podcast and so do other people so i'm gonna recommend other people's podcasts why wouldn't i anyway this podcast is a lovely little podcast called it's in our roots the very charismatic host of this podcast is holly gilbert and dan gris and they interview new guests each week that have grown up in rural areas and done something amazing here's a little clip from their podcast when they talk to the world darts champion scott mitchell Scott Mitchell, what a guy. Can we talk about how, what just happened? There was, so, honestly, some of the name drops he just dropped. Like, Johnny Depp, Danny Dyer, Barbara Windsor, Barbara Windsor's boom. <laughs> Literally, you couldn't write it. With the darts, I didn't expect it to lead to other things. I mean, I've done films with Johnny Depp. What? Heck? Yeah, I've been, I've, been, I've been a body double for Johnny Depp in a film. <laughs> Honestly, I'm exact, my body is exactly double Johnny Depp's size. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I throw the darts in EastEnders as well. <gasps> no way, I love EastEnders. How did, how did I forget that? So yeah, for the last five years, every time you've seen a dart thrown, I'm not supposed to tell anybody, but you won't tell anybody. And it, it'll stay secret on here. You can find It's In Our Roots wherever you get your podcasts. Episode two. Episode... Oh, stop with that. I'm Daniel Johnson, and this is Best Thing. It's so nice to be back, and how lovely it was last week to have the wonderful Michael Chuck Gravity from Bake Off. He was super funny and really, really nice. Loved interviewing him. You know what's going on. It's Best Thing, where we talk about people's best things in their lives. And if you don't know, hello and welcome. It's nice to have new people around. Now, we've got a wonderful guest today, and I'm so excited. His name's Darren Litton, and he is the creator of the TV program, Benadorm. He also wrote with Catherine Tate. He's just opened a bar as well. There isn't many things that this man can't do. As always, we've got Adam Harris keeping us all fat-faced with his fat chicken. Bethia Beats bringing us the best in brand new music. I know you say it as well, the same as me. And we've got new film bag talking about films that you might have not have seen, but you really need to. Anyway, let's get into it and have the wonderful interview with the great Darren Litton. Next up, Adam Harris's Fat Chicken, and then interview with Darren. Hey guys, it's me, Adam, Fat Chicken, doing the fact checking for you. There's a theory that cats only meow at humans. Is that true? Find out at the end of the podcast. Look like a cross between Alan Partridge and you know God knows what. But anyway, <laughs> I'm liking. I'm, I'm not really recording right now. We'll just I'll just do a tester. But I'm liking that you're already wearing merchandise a hat <laughs> going on there. It was the only hat that was in my car today. I've just been for lunch with a couple of mates, and it was um, I didn't have a hat because I got no hair, so I can't uh, stay in the sun without a hat on. And all there was was a massive box of <laughs> merchandise hats. So it's just been on. Um, but yes, I'm living the brand. 
<laughs> can you can you get those merchandise hats? Are they available? They're only available in my, only in my bar at the moment, but we mm. we're, loads of people want to buy the t-shirts and that unbelievably. Um, so we're just looking for a an outlet, some way, you know, like a fulfillment center or whatever. I don't know. I'm the worst businessman in the world. I'm just like, oh yeah, there's some hats over there. Have one for free if you want. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm putting my hand up to that. I've, I've actually said that I'll never be a millionaire because I'll just give away my money. I'm just, I'm way too sort of generous and I want everyone else just, just to have stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, you know and I mean? think a bit like me, when you were growing up, you didn't have anything. So no. it's like, I'm embarrassed to have anything. It's like, just yeah. take it, take it away from me. You know, I've always said the only way, I, you know, to end up with a million pounds is start with two million, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Obviously, winnings because you have to pay tax on it if you earn a million, two million pounds. So you have to probably pay tax on most of that anyway. So if you win it, yeah, for, for in the UK, I, well, you see, that's your that's the business you're in. You see, although probably not because you probably can't play it, can you? If you're actually. Do you know what? I can? I can play. You can. It oh. Yeah, I have no say in the draw whatsoever. I don't think I've ever been in the room. I don't think like I should I, think not. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Can you imagine? Well, unless it's your postcode, we could sort it out. No, I can't. I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> this is like a soft opening. Is that what they call it when they just come into a, straight into a chat? Uh, this is a soft <laughs> opening. I like that. Don't don't look at me like that. <laughs> there are other soft openings as well. You know what <laughs> show I wrote for God's sake? I can't. It's my job to find an innuendo. Although that wasn't very difficult to find your soft soft opening, to be honest, Daniel. Anyway, yes. It's a, it's, I don't think it's a soft opening. It's maybe a soft beginning or something. Oh, God. I don't know. Is, that like a, is that a bit like a happy ending? <laughs> it's the opposite of a happy ending. We'll say a soft opening and then a happy ending when we finish. Oh, is that is, look, I've got all excited now. I'm, I'm, I'm flicking my headset. That's all I am flicking. I hope you're not recording this. This is shocking. <laughs> Oh goodness! No, I'm just doing this for a test. You know when people say, "When you know when people say, oh, we'll cut that out." Yeah, when, yeah. When when anyone hears that, that just means the producer didn't cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, proper rude stuff. No, no, I'm not interested. Anyway. I can't believe that, uh, Darren, you're a prude. <laughs> I am. And people, can, you know what? People say to me, oh, my granddaughter loves your show. And it's like, how old your granddaughter? Seven. Like, she shouldn't be watching it. That's just bottom line. You know what I mean? I don't think 12-year-olds should be watching it, but that's me. But seven-year-olds, definitely not. I am a bit of a prude. I know you don't believe it, but anyway, there you go. It goes over their heads anyway. It's like panto, you know, those sort of jokes that are for not the adults. When, not when Madge's telling people to fuck off. No, that's <laughs> not. What, what part of innuendo or subtlety is that? I don't go over people's heads. No. i tell you what, though, Darren. We, I've actually started pressing record, so you've already started with an oh, F-bomb no. already. I no, love no, that. We haven't started proper yet. <laughs> that was for level. That was a fuck off for level. <laughs> There's two now. I love oh, it. It's great. <laughs> Anyway, Darren, thank you so much for doing Best Thing. How have you been? What's been going on? You're in Spain right now. I'm in Spain. I've got a house in Spain and I have done for about five years. So it's not unusual for me to be in Spain. What's a bit unusual is that I've opened a bar, which is very odd. It's not odd. It's great, but it's I don't quite know how it happened. 
<laughs> I mean, tell us about the bar because it sounds amazing already. I, as soon as I'm allowed to come over and see you, I'm straight in the bar because I want one of the hats that you're wearing right now, which are pretty pretty nice. A Mateo's Benedom hat. Yeah, it, this was in my car it, in a big box of them because obviously we sell you know merchandise in the shop, and um, it's very sunny and I haven't got a lot of hair, so I need a hat on my head. So this isn't me trying to you know advertise to one person that can see me you <laughs> Although my dog's want... watching my dog's watching so yes it, I, I don't quite um know i do know how it happened i just uh, i had all this memorabilia basically i got a phone call and said oh you know the pink house the pink house was this big building as you know because you've been there uh, when you did the show, uh, which was part production office and also a standing set of the uh, reception and other areas of um, uh, the show. And they rang me and said, oh, uh, the, the the set and everything has been struck tomorrow and all the props are just being got rid of. Is there anything that you want? And I said, yes, a flight to Alicante. <laughs> so I jumped <laughs> on a plane and came here and just took – not everything, because I mean the. I can't remember if you ever came to the underbuild of there where we sometimes had um, the caterers, but there was like it's basically a car park, but not used as a car park, just filled with props and costumes from ten years. So I went in, I hired a, a, a lorry, not a van, hired a lorry, and I took everything. <laughs> I took everything. <laughs> they were like, no, Darren, not not. Not that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the hotel underneath no, your hand. That's Sherry Hinton. You can't take her. Um, no, it was just all the signs like the. For, uh, there's. Um, I don't know if your listeners. If well, if your listeners have actually chosen to listen to this, I can only assume they probably have watched Benidorm. Um, so all the signs for like Neptune's, the the nightclub, Blow and Go, which was the hairdressers, Solana signs from the hotels, all the props all the costumes i've got like a, a, a storage unit um about 20 minutes outside of benedorm that's just filled with stuff i've only managed to put and we've got a lot of stuff in the bar but i've only managed to put i don't know a tenth of the stuff that i've got and every day i'm finding new stuff in fact tim healy's wig tim healy um played uh, a character called les that who was sometimes called leslie uh, depending if he was dressed as a, a man or a lady. Um, and um, the, Leslie's wig was there. And I was like, oh, that'd be quite good to put on like a wig block, you know, in a case. We've got something, we've got some awards and that in sort of acrylic cases. And I thought, oh, I'll get that. So I, I, got, I had a few other things as well. And I threw the wig in the boot of the car. And I forgot about it. And so the next time I opened the boot, I was like, oh, my God, who's in the, who's stuck in the back of the boot? I thought Tim Healy was stuck in the boot, um, which he could have been from Series 10. <laughs> who, who knows? Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's loads of stuff in this bar. It's, um, we play Benidorm clips on the telly and stuff. And, yeah, it's good fun. I was saying the other day there was a guy that came in and he was a, sort of a bit overawed. And he said, oh, this is my favorite TV show. And, so I didn't expect you to be here and blah, blah, blah. And, was, and I thought, oh, he was getting a bit very giddy. But then I thought, well, do you know what? What shows did I like over the last 20 years? And I thought, well, say the royal family. If there was a royal family bar in Manchester and I went in there and there was Jim's chair and there was the, you know, like a set of the, the living room and stuff. And and if Carolina Hearn was there, it would be pretty amazing because she's dead. But if Carolina Hearn was there, I'd be like, 
oh my god this is a really cool thing because it's a show that i like and that so so yeah i get it I, I always thought people would like it but yeah there have been some people coming in that have got very giddy about it which is terribly sweet uh, I'm picking up my hand. As soon as I'm there, I'll be just as giddy. So don't worry about it. You so won't I don't... be giddy. You're part of the show. You, you oh, well, stuff it. Stuff it. It's great. Uh, I had an amazing time as well, and we'll get into that a little later. So with the bar, um, just drinks or food? Because now I'm going to enter into our first best thing. Are you serving food? No, no, we're not doing food. Um, I food. think we've got enough uh, stuff, enough going on. To be honest, with that, we've got you know karaoke and cocktails. Do you know what? one thing? I printed some business cards and it said cocktails, karaoke, TV memorabilia as like the sort of thing on the top of it, you know. And I thought, oh, nobody's going to buy cocktails in Benidorm. Do you know what I mean? So, so I got some reprinted and just said drinks, karaoke, TV memorabilia. Oh my goodness, we've got these. We've made these cocktails. My manageress, Karen, and myself have, have invented these cocktails, and they're so nice, and they're selling so well. There you go. I mean, who knew? Cocktails. Well, I definitely would love a cocktail if I'm in Benidorm. You, do you know what? I think you'd like a Bananarama. It's very I'm, nice cocktail. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. When it comes to food for you, Darren, because I feel like, you know, we, uh, we're we all a fan of food. I'm, I'm a massive fan of food, especially in lockdown. I've been trying to do some cooking. I failed, but it's fine because I live by myself with my dog. So she's been eating well, and I've been eating not so well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, what, what have you been eating right now? What's some of your favorite foods you're eating? Well... I was thinking about this. I think my favorite, if I had, you know, a sort of um, a last meal request, I think it would probably be some kind of Indian food, curry or Nepalese food or something like that. Because um, actually, if it was my last meal, I hope I wouldn't get the electric chair because that'd be a bit of a mess, wouldn't it? But um, anyway, it, I think that would be basically. Because I'm not really, I don't, I'm not into pizza. I don't like fish and chips. I sort of, do you know, I have got into, and this is not, I don't particularly, I look like a curry person or a, you know, fast food person. What I have got into recently, because there's a fabulous um, new uh, restaurant that's opened in Albia, which is about sort of five minutes from Benidorm. I'm about 10, 15 minutes outside of Benidorm where I live, um, is sushi and other I knew you were going to say it. You know, I knew you were going to say that because it makes me feel like a, you know, oh, so London media <laughs> twat. Sorry, but I wouldn't swear. <laughs> but it's actually delicious, and I love it. It's not called Nobu, is it? And you're just popping down to Nobu. And... <laughs> not in the slightest. But I tell you what, it's um, the guy is Japanese who runs it, which is shouldn't be a surprise. authentic it shouldn't yeah. be a surprise but it was a surprise and it's <laughs> no it's fabulous and the you know who knew that raw tuna would be lovely i mean i'm a big big fan when when if we take you all the way back and uh you know in your early days and stuff what what were you eating what was on the dinner table when you were a kid was it cooked for was it like microwave or you know who was doing the cooking in your house no they were i seem to recall I seem to recall my dad cooking as much as my mother, I think. But it was things like, I mean, it was very northern, like stews or like, you know, corn, corned beef hash. I said that the other, uh, I, did, I did a show called uh, Scarborough for BBC One and we had. I saw it, I saw and, it. And so Stephanie Cole, the character, supposedly made a corned beef hash. And the caterer, they'd got the caterers to make this corned beef hash. And they brought it. And I went, 
What's that? <laughs> That's not a corned beef hash. So I don't know how many people listening know what a corn corned beef in itself is pretty vulgar stuff. It's like canned meat with loads of sort of, you know, dried fat around it. It's pretty hideous, really. I think a lot of people love it now. Yeah. What, co- I think like- it's back in vogue. Yeah, I think no. it's back in vogue. Yeah, honestly, I think spam <laughs> and stuff like that is back. Well, yes, I heard something about spam, and I just can't quite. I mean, like spam fritters at school. Yeah. I, I, was, I mean, I remember it at school. I didn't think. What were your school dinners like? Uh, like kind of like uh, sausage and chips and beans yeah. and, and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. So not yeah, that. I mean, I think I'm probably twice your age, but I'm not. I don't think school dinners have actually progressed that far. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie Oliver tried, I feel, but... Uh... <laughs> Yes, I remember <laughs> trying to poke apples through that wire fence to those fat children. It's like it's never going to happen. They were, pine- they think- were apple fritters by the time they'd got through that electric fence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when it comes to um, having an Indian and uh, and choosing that, probably is your best thing right now. Mm. But what is your go to? Do you have a? Do you try new things on the? You know, on when you go and go and order your Indian, you try new things, yeah. or you just the Sorry. same as me who just chooses the same things. I've got like a pre-order on my Just Eat app and I just press and yes and it just it, gets deleted. Yeah. It's the same. I know what you mean. There's a, just near my bar, there are a lot of restaurants and there's a Nepalese restaurant, which is just up, like, you know, just outside actually, a few doors down. And it's amazing. And I've had something different each time. I've only been about four times in the last <laughs> 24 hours. No, I've only been about four times in the last uh, couple of months since we've, kind of come out of lockdown and um yeah i think i'm fairly adventurous i have something different every time i love that well i'm gonna say for you darren for the first one Mm. uh the best thing about food for you is indian i'd say so and also i've got this thing of you know everybody's vegetarian or vegan now or trying to be or whatever and i you know i can see the health benefits and also the sort of you know i I am politically i i I don't really want to eat animals do you know what i mean i see your beautiful dog sitting on your sofa over there and it's like how can you eat an animal it's just shocking you know and then you go and have a nice rare steak sort of thing if i was going to be a vegetarian and i probably should be and we all should be really i would have to eat indian food uh, or you know like four times a week i'd have to because it's the tastiest vegetarian food ever they know how to do it and the yeah. spices and the chickpeas and the rice yeah. and all that stuff they know how to do it and you and, still have naans and stuff which is always nice yeah all the things that are terrible for you you know bread and rice and all you know big carb attack but um yeah i would say on balance not i'm not um you know i'm not a sort of fine diner really uh, I like nice, you know, do you know what, the best, the best food I ever had, and this is, I mean, I am an awful tacky man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd say it before you do. I'm um, not, I'm not, not going to judge. The best meal I've ever had, and it was steak, and in, and it was in Las Vegas. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I had the best steak ever in Las Vegas. Oh, really? Well, there you yeah. go, you see. Probably in old Las Vegas. It was, yeah. it was in an old one where Dean Martin and stuff used to go yes. in the old town and stuff. So, okay, so I'm going to say the best thing for you, okay, being a meat eater would be a steak in Vegas. Not being a meat eater would be an Indian. And yes. I'm going to I'm gonna sort of forward slash new sushi from the Japanese guy down the road. Yeah, I'll have a sushi starter. I'll have, um, I'll have uh, what do you call it, the... Um... 
I'll have tuna sashimi to start. Oh, this is going to be a right old guy, isn't it? <laughs> curry, curry for my main course, and I'll have a steak for me pudding. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Okay, uh, next up, we're going to be talking travel. Darren, travel. I do you know what? And I've said this already before. I find it hard to say the word travel in not a sort of my old way I used to speak, like travel. But if I say it too posh, travel, then I sound like I'm doing the travel. I'm, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> where, <laughs> where have you been recently? Obviously, uh, we haven't been really allowed to go anywhere in 2020. But you know, where have you been in the last couple of years that you've sort of liked? Well- I'm just sorry, I'm still reeling from your appalling accent, um, <laughs> with especially with the word travel. Um, but, and I'm from Yorkshire, bloody hell. Um, travel, okay, do you know what? The thing about travel is, in the last two years, I've um, planned two big holidays that have never happened because work came up. And in our industries, you know, if you get work, you do the work because you, you, never, you drop everything yeah you never know when it's going to come around again so the last i can talk, <laughs> i can talk about it's a bit like you do you remember the show bullseye you won't quite remember of course. It, i remember yeah look at what yeah. you could have won this is yeah. my my tra- <laughs> my thing about travel is the holidays i never had so first of all uh we were, i was supposed to go to japan last year okay november october sort of time and that didn't happen because work happened. And the one before that, I think, was, well, it was like a general road trip America sort of thing of the places that I'd never been and and think, you know, that I should be go to and stuff. Because to be honest, once, um, once I got this house here in Spain, I mean, it's, it's lovely here and it's like i don't know why i'd want to go on holiday again to be honest i'd uh, i'd love to go to japan because i hear it's bonkers and it's like another planet and that sounds attractive that sounds like something i I can't see somewhere else i remember the first time i went to las vegas i was like oh i don't need to go anywhere else now because look there's paris over there There's, um, you know, there's new the Statue of Liberty over there. Oh, I can see. There's Venice over here. There's gondolas, you know, and that. So that's you know. so weird that there's gondolas there. I just find it so weird that just in a hotel you and see, you're like, I, oh. I, I am fully embraced the tackiness. It will surprise you to learn, uh, Daniel. Um, but yeah, I was. I loved Las Vegas, and I went. Um, now, in a previous life, I don't know if you know this. Before I was a writer, I was an actor and before i do well i know that oh sorry before that that, sorry that was the easy one the before (laughs) i was an actor i was brace yourself just when you just when you think i couldn't get any more tacky i was a magician a professional (gasps) magician so uh and i also i did a mind reading act and i had to change my name when darren brown came on the scene (laughs) it's like oh no now everybody thinks i'm trying to cash in on this bloke who's who's ne- you know his name isn't isn't Darren. I know, his I know. Darren. I, I know. Mean, the irony of it is just phenomenal. Me having to change my name professionally to do a mind reading act, so people don't think I'm trying to cash in on this bloke who's called Darren from Croydon. Um, Can I just say there is a show in that 
There is a show in that that someone has to change their whole act because someone just takes their name. Because, you know, it, it also happened with um, uh, Emily Sande. Do you know this? No. What's her name? Adele. Oh, really? Yeah. And they'd oh. be like, sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. So does she not have a choice in that? No, I think her middle name's Emily. Okay. No, I don't mean the choice in the change, but she they said, no, you can't be two Adele's. I just think it's, it, 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 you can you just can't have two Adele's at the same time. I just, it wouldn't Well, really not work. when one's, you know. <laughs> Adele. Doing a lot better than you, which at the time Darren Brown was and probably still is. Um, yeah, no, sorry, this is supposed to be about travel, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, the, the play, do you know what, the, I did, I have this thing where I get something that I like and I do it to death whether it's food, drink, travel, whatever. And so, you know, I went to Egypt and I loved it and I was fascinated by all the, you know, Egyptology and the the Valley of the Kings and all that malarkey, you know, Karnak Temple. And so the first time I was in Luxor, uh, where all those places are. And then I thought, well, I've got to go back because I've got to go to Cairo and see, you know, the Cairo Museum and the pyramids of Giza and blah, blah, blah. So then I just kept going back to Egypt for like four years. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't – and it's almost like I didn't have a choice. It's like, where if I'm going on holiday, I don't really fancy Egypt. It's like, there are other places you can go to. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. So then I discovered Las Vegas. And then we're like, oh, God. And then I went to Las Vegas sort of four times in a row. Now, you, Las Vegas, you should only go once every 10 years, really, because it's just ludicrous, isn't it? Depends where you stay. If you stay somewhere nice. I, I, we went for 10 days, and it was a little too long, but it was good. We're, yeah. we, we, went, we were in the win, so that was quite nice. That's nice. But do you know what? Even I think the, the nicest holiday I had was in, like, one of the cheap ones. Not the super cheap ones, but it was, like, in... Um... Senor Frogs. Oh, it's in your frogs. What's that? There's a there's a hotel opposite, and I think it's called Senor Frogs, or maybe it's just Senor a bar. But... Frogs. Senor Frogs. You not want to stay there? No, not really. <laughs> um, I can't remember where it was, but it wasn't a terribly expensive hotel. Um, anyway, so I did Las Vegas, and then I then I kind of well, actually, be- before in between those, I discovered New York and. I've got to say, of all the places that I've been to, well, you see, I always I always say, oh, I could live in New York. I could definitely live in New York because I live in London as well as Spain. And, oh, I could definitely – yeah. The thing is, I can live in New York for 10 days, spend so much money that I literally cry on the plane home. And you're like, yeah, I don't think I could live like that for 52 weeks of the year because I'm not a billionaire. Yes, you would have to be, and also just to just live in a place in in New York. And I have friends that live there, and and I thought their their apartment was you know nice. It was a very small, mm-hmm. and they told me how much they were. It was a month, and I was like, <clears throat> no, never, it's, it's <laughs> absolutely nuts. And I've even looked, and my, one of my hobbies, considering that I don't, I, I I do live in two different houses in two different countries, but and you know one of them's not a holiday home. I live equally in between two houses. But saying that, I, I don't own any other property. I look at property internationally and in the UK every day. If people said, what's your hobby? I'd probably say right move. Right move. That's my hobby. And I don't know why, because I have no intention of buying any buy to let. Because it's amazing. 
right move yeah. is amazing you see some of the amazing places yeah. and the worst okay so darren what would you say is the best thing about travel for you the best thing about travel for me is that i don't have to do it because you live in spain because i well i do travel and in half in the uk i travel between spain and the uk but i will get to japan at some point and i will do my american uh road trip sort of um i went to la have you been to la i have yeah oh, yeah did you hate it as much as i did yeah i had to i had to have one meeting there once and we had to fly all the way to have this one meeting it was terrible and we just flew back i, I went my um catherine tate uh is um a mate of mine um and we and her daughter is my goddaughter and so i went over to see them when she was doing the american office and i'd never been to la and people told me all about it so i thought well, i don't think it. it sounds like the antithesis of new york it's like everything that is fabulous about new york it is what's wrong with la uh, basically is what i found or what that's what i thought when i got there so i was kind of do you like when you like you know, like if you're going to go somewhere you think you've decided you're not having going to have a good time <laughs> i decided i was not going to have a good time i had one meeting uh, arranged because people f- heard that i was going to la people heard this sounds like <laughs> the- sorry that sounded <laughs> so the ridiculous yeah. Darren and Daniel in LA. Just Come fire on. off a press release, would you please? <laughs> Darren's going to pick up Catherine from work. Um, and um, so I had this meeting, which was hideous. And I did that terrible thing of, um, you know, they, they don't get self-deprecation. They don't get it. Do you know what I mean? No. No. Um, so if you say, oh, you know, my career is going down the pan, your the the check will be called for. Do you know what I mean? In the restaurant, it's like they don't get irony. They don't get um, which is mad because you know certainly the last few years, you know things like Kirby enthusiasm and modern comedy and all these. It's like hilarious, hilarious comedies. They haven't got a sense of humor. No. The actual people that make these shows, they haven't got a sense of humor. So the meeting was awful. Um, I went to see a friend of mine, a friend of a friend was doing a, a magic show in like the one theater that they've got in, in LA. That's the other thing is what they have no theaters. They have loads yeah. of TV theaters, but they have no mm-hmm. actual theaters. It's like, why would you live there? It's horrendous. So I saw that. I saw a really good magic show, an amazing sort of close up magic show. And I hung out with my mate uh, a bit and, but I couldn't wait to leave. So, um, Yes. So we're going to say with travel, the best thing not to go to is LA. <laughs> but uh, actually, <laughs> not not having to do it because yeah, you know, you live in Spain. You you in half the time you're in you're in London the other half the time. I think that's a great balance you have there as well, which is really really nice. Okay, the next thing we're going to be talking about, I think this is close to your heart, film and TV. Hey up film fans, it's me, Living Blockbuster here. Does 2020 got you down? You want to go to the cinema, but they're mostly all closed and you've not seen a good film since Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon. You're wondering, why the hell do I pay for Disney Plus? Well look no further guys, because my main man Revan Joyce is here with a few uh, uh, film reviews and the like. Take it away Rev. Oh wow, thank you uh, Living Blockbuster, that's very kind. Uh, today I will be reviewing Charlie Kaufman's new Netflix movie, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Let's get a taste of what that sounds like. 
Jake, my boyfriend. It's snowing. Winter is coming in. We have a real connection, a rare and intense attachment. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm thinking of ending things. Huh? What? Did you say something? I don't think so. Weird. Now, speaking of taste, this movie left a strange one for me. Now, we know from Charlie Kaufman's other works, such as 2015 stop-motion movie Animalisa and his scripts for being John Malkovich, an adaptation, he's the master at kind of getting into people's minds, whether that be through hallucinations or dreams, and oftentimes in a very surreal, non-naturalistic way. Now, I'm a big fan of surreal film. I love David Lynch and, you know, Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet and all that kind of good stuff. And I think if you like that kind of genre, you're gonna like this one too. Now, if I had to liken this to anything, I'd say it was akin to an artisan sandwich, one that you're not really sure if you like it because the bread's quite chewy and quite seedy. You know, it's quite dense and complicated, but then you get to the filling and that would be the performances and that would be the two Jessies, Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons. Their interplay together is, is fantastic. It's some of the best acting I've seen this year. And then you've got great wacky performances from David Thewlis and Tony Collette, who's amazing in everything. And by the end of the film you're not really sure what was real and what's not and that's kind of like a subway sandwich because i don't know if you guys know but recently the supreme court of ireland ruled that subway bread is not actually bread it's a cake because of the sugar content and that's kind of like i'm thinking of ending things so that's my take on it i hope this encourages you to seek it out i really do thanks guys bye TV and film, Darren. Okay, so this is kind of your heartbeat. Is this true? You, you, well, you started in TV. You started as an actor, really. Yeah, I'm kind of still an actor, um, although it's a bit of a... I said you though. started as an actor. I didn't say you yeah, finished it. Yeah, no, I know. Like, <laughs> I suppose you can, you can say you're, you're a plumber. Just doesn't matter if nobody's employing you to fix a radiator. You can still say you're a plumber, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't an actor. I trained as an actor. Um, at Central, Central, Central School. School of Speech and Drama, or the Central School of Screech and Trauma, as we very wittily uh, called it when we were there, uh, Catherine Tate and myself and a lot of other people. Um, you met um, you met Catherine there, didn't you? Yeah, it's very odd, really, because I, I uh, co-wrote the um, first two series of a show, a, what do you call it, sketch show, um, and it's odd that we met because Catherine auditioned four times for central until she got in and the time before she also auditioned for rada and they offered her a place oh. and she didn't go there she didn't want to go to rada she wanted to hang out and you know sit, uh, you know hold out until to see if she got into central which she didn't by which time i think the offer from rada had sort of passed so then the next year she auditioned again and got in so it's so weird with it oh if she hadn't gone to rada i wonder because she's the one that asked me to write uh, of course, so I'd have never written anything if she hadn't have asked me. But yeah, I suppose I think film probably. I'm a voting member of of BAFTA, so I get all the movies in. Uh, you know, um, just wow. before the sort of um, uh, you know uh, what do you call it? Um, award season. That's yeah. the phrase I was looking for. Uh, award season, and and so yeah, I watch a lot of movies. Um, I, I, I love movies. I probably like them better than scripted comedy i don't watch a lot of scripted comedy um it's because you're the master of it why would you watch other people no i'm not, uh, certainly not that um but i just you are to me i kind of, <laughs> i kind of 
kind of find comedy a bit embarrassing actually it's that thing of you know i can't i can't imagine going to see a stand-up comedian that thing of of people saying something and the fear of nobody laughing now i guess if you went to see a stand-up comedian that was pretty you know established odds on they'd get laughs but no i'd rather watch a documentary to be honest on the telly yeah any any in particular you said a bit about louis through your louis through documentary i love fan? louis through and i love louis through's um documentary on las vegas have you seen that i have i've seen all of them I almost know the Vegas one word for word. It's embarrassing. I'm. So... You do say you like to repeat things, so I can yeah, imagine you've heard really it a few do. times. And the other one that I love, which I, you may not have heard of, I picked this up on a DVD in Tower Records in New York. That's how long ago that was, Tower Records. I remember Tower Records. A long time ago. Anyway, and I used to just take 10 documentaries off the shelf when people bought DVDs, if, if they just even if the cover looked interesting. Do you know what I mean? I didn't really care. One called Cat Dancers. Cat Dancers? Oh. I don't think I've ever heard of this. Is it on Netflix? <laughs> you know this tiger thing? Or oh, was it Tiger yeah. King that everybody got very giddy about? Yeah. No. <laughs> Cat Dancers. I'm just leaving it there. I'm not even telling you what it's about. I mean, it's my dog, I'm wearing earphones and she can't hear me. So good job because she's not a fan of a cat, are you, Darcy? Oh, well, no, I think cats are horrible. Cats are just owned by very thin people and shoplifters. There's no, <laughs> there's nobody that you'd want to speak to that owns a cat, apart from a witch, I suppose. They're probably quite interesting. I had the same conversation the other day, but I'm not going to go into it because I'll get hated by cat people. So it's oh, fine. I suck. like all animals. I like all animals. So, okay. So when, you know... What was the last film you think you watched? The last film that I watched was a film that I watch about four times a year. Okay. It's my my favorite film. It's called The Sting. The Sting? The Sting. Have you heard of that? I don't think I have. It's not not the police, is it? No, I'm joking. (laughs) No, it's not. Dad jokes there. I'm sorry. (laughs) Almost not a joke, in fact, um, Daniel. Uh, but uh, the sting, the sting is it, it's a show. Uh, it's not a show. It's a it's a movie. Uh, it's seventies, set in I think set in nineteen thirty nine in the depression, um, and it's basically a big con when they used to con people. So like it's Robert Redford, Robert Shaw. Paul Newman, Olympia Dukakis, incredible, wow. incredible actor. Yeah. It's uh, written by David S. Ward, who um, I think, apart from Sleepless in Seattle, I don't know any other movie that he's written. Uh, it won tons of Oscars. Um, from you know, the music is the main theme. Music is Scott Joplin. I quite sort of like uh, different elements of jazz, but I, I quite like that sort of music and um the whole thing is it's basically the the most perfectly written screenplay i've ever seen and i have been known (laughs) this is very camp i have been known to get to the end of the movie and cry because it's just the perfect movie it hasn't i have those ending it's got an uplifting ending it's not particularly it it's uh it's not a sad ending but i have i think twice i've cried believe i'm telling you this i've cried because it's just like why why would you why would you want to watch anything else ever wow i mean i feel like we can't talk about any other well, okay so rewind 
um, childhood memories watching TV, also, watching, also, you know. Don't forget, don't forget, sorry, you can't now watch this film for at least a year because I've built it up way too Yeah, much. massively. Mate, I, I've written it down, so it's forget in my archive. It. So, I'll oh, yeah. you, I'll yeah. put a thing in a year's time on my computer, on my laptop, to text you, say, and I'll send it to you. I'll send oh. you a digital download of it. There you go, and you can watch it. So stuff that I grew up watching on the telly. Now, I have no sort of training in writing. You know, how I, how I ended up being a TV writer, my friend asked me, and then I learned on the job. But I learned very, very quickly. Um, and I think it's because I just sat indoors when all my friends were outside kicking a football. Um, I was sitting indoors in the long summer holidays watching reruns of goodness knows what, you know, carry on films, uh, Heidi high. Actually, that was quite late. Actually, that was, uh, that was, um, I being served porridge, step tone, son. It's great uh, comedy stuff there. Um, really, yeah. Um, yeah. Some American shows, American show called soap, which you won't know of quite mm. oh, a bit surreal, a bit edgy. They had, sort of gay characters and I think they had like a transvestite character and it was all a bit weird and edgy and a bit sort of channel four-ish um which I thought was exciting um basically stuff that I mean obviously only fools and horses and stuff like that but I seem to be watching things and listening to things and I'm going to come on to music in a bit that were kind of 20 years before my time right um so I personally now feel my my um, type of comedy, if you like, which is one of the reasons why I opened this bar, is because it's kind of fallen out of favor, you know. I see, I watch comedy now, uh, and a lot of it, I just, I, I sit and look at it and think, I don't see where the big laughs are. I don't see where, and you know, because it's like, you can watch something and go, oh, that's really clever. It's like, does that constitute a comedy for you to rub your chin and say, God, that's so clever. It's like, <laughs> I don't mind clever stuff, but I, I want to, you need a little slapstick. You need a little bit of cheek. You need a little bit of, well, that, those I things. don't think you do. No, I don't think that, I don't think they want it. Um, mm. so I'm having a bit of a, you know, a bit of an early retirement from that. And then when no. they come back, when they want to come back, and they will, because everything is cyclical, you know. Of course, it always comes back. And um, I think, the, you know, the main, uh, talking about uh, film and TV, the main thing I did want to tell you, I'll tell you very quickly, is that um, I'm a massive Mel Brooks um, fan. I'm not sure how many of his movies you can watch because they're not that politically correct. Um, they're not, but he was a genius. But my goodness they're funny and my yeah. goodness he was a genius and in fact i once woke up still a bit tipsy from the night before i know you couldn't possibly imagine that from me uh, never 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 no, um, no, no, on a night out with you and tim <laughs> never never happened yeah i usually don't wake up that's the thing no, nobody <laughs> i don't call anybody the next day because i'm in bed all day um so what i did was i went on my computer and it said mel brooks introduces blazing saddles and i was like Oh my goodness, at some theatre, Apollo Hammersmith or whatever you call it. Now, I was doing a show, a live version of Benidorm. Uh, which I saw, which I saw twice. <clears throat> oh, did you see it? Where did you yeah, see of course. It? 
I saw it at uh, Wimbledon, and I had oh. to go see it twice because um, we couldn't get enough tickets because it was sold out. So I had to go oh. with someone else because they really yeah, wanted to go. Very well. Tickets. Anyway, so that, well, thank you for your support, and I'm sorry I wasn't there when you were there. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, the same producer was doing this thing with Mel Brooks, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've never done this in my life, but I have to meet Mel Brooks. I have to. I've never wow. had to meet anybody." And I emailed him. I didn't get a reply. I think it was the next day. And then, of course, later on the day when I sobered up, I was like, oh, my God, I'm mortified. I can't believe I asked that. Anyway, cut a long story short, I met Mel Brooks. Wow. After this thing. And I literally, and my mate Kieran came with me. He was a photographer anyway, but he took a picture on, on my uh, camera. I didn't ask for a picture. I didn't. His producer, who was very nice, said, well, listen, before you go, we'll let, we must have a picture sort of thing and blah, blah, blah. So because I thought, I'm not, I don't ask him for a picture. That's terrible. I, was, I don't want to be just another crazed fan. Yeah, but, but you're glad you got the picture. Glad you got the picture. Well, not really, because I literally look insane. I look <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to politically correct, correctly say what I look like. I looked like a mad person. I look like Can an you- insane person who'd just been released from daycare and I was just I can do the face to you because you can see me. I know people can't see. I was like, uh. Can you um can you send me this picture? I'd very much like to uh, oh, damn it. Okay, we're gonna recreate it. We've got some imagery we can do. Years old. We just look like the fucking Adams family. It looked terrible. Sorry, I said I wouldn't swear, I'm beg your pardon. Uh, we got it in right. So I'm going to say the best thing for you about TV and film is the sting. But yes. then we're going to caveat and Mel Brooks is in there as well and doing funny faces at him. Definitely. It wasn't a funny face. It was just a, I think I've just weed myself face. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking music. Hi everyone, it's Bethia from Bethia's Beats. My chosen artist for this week is the very talented This Is Namaste. She is a Scottish pop artist who is currently living in London. She not only has her incredible artist project going on, but she's actually toured as a backing vocalist for artists such as Ella Eyre, Rita Ora and BB Rexa. She's just released her new single called Paper Cut, which I am totally, totally obsessed with at the moment. She has just the most incredible way of storytelling within her lyrics. And it's just one of those songs that you want to turn up really loud in your car and have a boogie to. She is definitely one to watch in the pop music game for sure. Here's a snippet of the song playing in the background. To listen to the full song, it will be playing at the end of the podcast, along with all the details of This Is Namaste's social media and where to find the song. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time. So, Darren, music... um, what are you listening to right now? I mean, what's on your iPod? I've already dated myself by saying iPod. No one has an iPod anymore. What's on your phone? Yeah, <laughs> well, Why do I say iPod? I, like, who has I, an iPod? I found an iPod. I think it's an iPod Nano. Okay. Which is just like a little square piece of plastic. Yeah. And it's like, oh my goodness, I wonder what's on this. And then in the same bag I found, because that one was like a little sort of mini like iPhone shape, but sort of metal. Then there was one that just looked like a plastic square badge. I was like, what the heck was that? 
side. I think that was a shuffle. That was a shuffle. You can. It didn't have a screen or anything. Nothing. Just no. A... You just. It looked like it. Um, I thought. Do you know what I thought it was? I thought, oh my god, somebody's bought me one of them badges that you press for an ambulance. Do you know what I mean? When you for fallen, help when you've fallen. Yeah, when you've fallen down. I was like, am I living in sheltered accommodation and nobody's told me? This is actually the Truman Show for you. This is. A... <laughs> um, what am I listening to? Oh God. Daniel, this is the embarrassing section. Don't I, be embarrassed. Is it Drake? Are you listening to Drake right now? Of course it is, yes. <laughs> Hardcore, um, you know. Grime music. I well, know what I, you're into. I mean, I was trying to think of something like grime, and I was thinking, like, do you know what? The only thing I could think of was thrash metal, which is a reference from, you know, they probably still have thrash metal. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm not embarrassed at all. What oh. it is, is like when people say, do you know when people say, oh, somebody wants to say to me at a party, who are you reading at the moment? Who are you reading at the moment? And I went, what do you mean? Because, you know, when I used to do mind reading, as I told you, before I was an actor, I was a magician. Yeah. So there's a thing called cold reading, which a lot of these fake mediums do. It's like they they look how you're dressed. They look at the what you're, you know, um, if you've got any books with you or papers or anything they look for all little signs and then you're looking for what they're saying and how they're saying it and it's like and it's just called reading in that sense i know there's like reading in a sort of paris is burning sort of like rupaul's drag race sort of thing when you're reading somebody but i just thought i thought she meant who are you sort of checking out who are you you know who are you reading who are you trying to please uh, say you answered please say you answered no i just i just went nobody i'm not that judgmental <laughs> <laughs> Which she just looked a bit nonplus, and then somebody else went, "Oh, the latest Martin Amis," and said, like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you did you enjoy it?" And the worst thing is when people go, when people say to you, like, um, "Oh, I can't even think of a, you know, a, 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 say Martin Amis, right?" Yeah. So they'll say to you, "Did you enjoy the latest Martin Amis?" Not, "Did you buy it?" Not, "Can you read?" Just to say, "Did you? What did you think of the late? What did you think of the of the new? You know, it's like, oh." Go away. But I know what I would say if people said that to me and they're just like, what are you reading? And I'm like, no, I'm from Reading. Like, that's the first <laughs> thing. I think they'd just mispronounce where I'm from. <laughs> I might have to nick that, actually. <laughs> I won't I don't go to parties, and that's why I don't go to parties. <laughs> miserable people like that term. Okay, so, you haven't told me. What are you sorry, listening to? It's a very long way around of saying, I am both listening to and reading the same things that I read 20 years ago so because that's when the good music was so well well no the good music was 40 years ago or 50 years ago yeah so when i was 18 i got so when i was a teenager i was uh i liked pop music so i liked 80s music i still like 80s music um i would sit on the top field uh in school where nobody went with my cassette player which is like a thing people would Kids these days just wouldn't even. They're back in vogue now. <laughs> Sean Mendes sent one to Nine Haroon from One Direction with his new song on. So, oh, you know, well, to back. Um, and uh, it was probably a ransom note on it or something. People know it. But mine was for my ZX Spectrum uh, oh, cool. computer where you had to sort of like, oh, anyway. So I used to sit on the top <laughs> field and listen to Culture Club. There was an album called oh. My Numbers. And I used to uh, sit there. And I was misunderstood, you know. I knew I was gay at that point. Well, way before that point, I suppose I was about 13. Uh, and listening to, you know, songs like Miss Me Blind and Church of the Poison Mind and uh, uh, um, 
uh, what's the other one? Uh, Black Money and um, just all these songs. And they had other hits like Victims and stuff like that. But I would just sit there listening to them, um, usually very depressed, <laughs> thinking, will, will, what? I used to think, I used to think, what is my life going to be like? What on earth? How I was in Hull. I was 13, gay, and was like, Boy George's voice took me to another place that wasn't, you know. And then I met Boy George very uh, casually um, uh, once, and he was super nice. And because people said he can move, he can be a bit, you know, bit of a same as all of us. Can't we all all have that? People say, Oh, he he was a bit of a deal. It's like, you probably caught him on a bad day. Oh, you, George's, oh, George has always been said, lovely. Oi, oi, sign this. A woman in the bar the other day said, went to me, oi, selfie. And I went, that's not my name, but have another go. What? So, you know, uh, so then, and then when I was about 16, I discovered, hilariously, Frank Sinatra. And I was like, this voice is, you know, I think Frank Sinatra used to say, may you live to be 100 and may the last voice you hear be mine. And I was like, if his was the last voice I heard, I'd be okay with that. So from that, from Frank Sinatra, I went on to like, you know, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., who I got quite obsessed with, Sammy Davis Jr. Have you read his uh, autobiography? Uh, why? Are you, are, you, are you asking me what I'm reading? <laughs> who are you reading? Are you reading? See, if, you, if I say who are you reading and you say Sammy Davis Jr., I will... High five you and gaze down high five, as they say. Um, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Nat King Cole, Nina Simone, you know, that sort of. And, now, and, and in between all of this, of course, the one person that I was in love with on every conceivable level was. Was it Adam Rickett? Who <laughs> the flip is Adam? Oh, I know who Adam Rickett is. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say you must know who he's from. He's yeah. in the Coronation Street. He's uh, Coronation Street, yes. Yeah, and now he's like well. a Tory MP in New Zealand or something. Yeah, probably. You know that? Um, no, uh, Elvis. 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 We've just yeah. had the an, an anniversary of his death. In I don't. I'm not that much of a nutcase. Well, the sixteenth of August was is the date he died, wasn't it? Oh, there you go. You know more than me. But I remember I was seven. And I Do you know what? I'm going to fat chicken that because I'm not entirely sure that that is true. It's either he was born on the 16th of August or he No, died. no, he was born in we'll February. He was born in February because I played a, a character called Elvis in Benidorm. And it was he was definitely born, I think, 22nd of February or something. We'll fat chicken it, don't worry. Someone will come in in a minute and we'll go boop. And then I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah, Elvis was... Uh, my, my mother came into my... Um, uh, room, I was in bed and she said, she opened the door and she said Elvis has died and then she shut the door uh, and I remember crying myself to sleep how about oh, that, did. at seven so there is a there's a lot of influence of music there and I, I love that there's like little factors of just you in Hull being young, gay man and just listening to Culture Club and listening to Boy George's Boy, like, which is gay just, child just, technically but yes yeah, just such a um, yeah. Sorry, your child then, but just such a um, you can see the imagery of a lot of people feeling exactly the same way, and and I think those characters and those those singers and stuff and those times helped so many people for people to be like, oh, I 
I'm not the only one. That's quite nice. We had Will Young, so I'd say it's slightly different with us. But I do love Will because I think he's amazing. I've seen he's very good live, to be honest. Um, and then you've kind of moved on, and you, the Frank Sinatra, and I love the phrase of like, if you live to 100 and you hear my, you, my voice, should be the last you should hear. May the last voice you hear be mine. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, sorry, so I need to say it right. Um, and <laughs> I'm a writer. I, <laughs> I, I know you know you're talking. Do your lines, Dan. Do your lines. When people quote lines from Benidorm to me and they're just wrong enough for them not to be funny, I just go, "Oh, that's nice that you've heard that." What would you say is the best thing when it comes to music? Would you say it would be Culture Club? Would you say it would be Frank Sinatra? Or are you are you no, going to cross Sammy Davis Jr.? I, I only mention Culture Club because. Um, it was a big sort of part when I was a kid, and I and and I listened actually. Do you know what? Because I've got this bar, and we play videos throughout the day, interspersed with Benidorm clips, obviously. Of course, obviously. Um, and there's such a lot of music. What what I'm sad about now is that you don't buy albums anymore. You don't. Do you know what I mean? Like that color by numbers, that album. It was, you know, and like you got to the end of it and you turned it over, whether it was a cassette or whether it was a thing. And it was like, it's nowadays, it, you know, I listen to music on Spotify and I have probably a hundred, you know, uh, what you call them, playlists. Mm-hmm. And it's, you don't listen, nobody listens to albums anymore. Uh, Elvis was born on the 8th of January and died on the 16th of August. You're right, he died on You've the... You've done, yeah, there you go. You've done it for us, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need the fat chicken, we, it's fine. So I, I don't know if you know what fat chicken is, but fat chicken is, I said to my friend that I wanted him to do a section in the podcast and he would be fact checking. And he went, what, fat chicken? I went, well, that, <laughs> now that's what it's called. So that's what it's called. Yeah, so he, would, he would come in and be like, hello. There's a very famous point. bar in Benidorm called the Black Chicken. So I, oh, really? I just thought you said the Black Chicken. I thought, well, why the heck is it? <laughs> this, is just, this is just whispers. We're just, we're just getting it wrong the whole time. I would say the person that I'm listening to lately, weirdly, is I like songwriters. I like songwriters that sing their own stuff. Um, uh, you know, people like, none of these are, you know, these are all, music for dead people but um it's you know neil diamond springs to mind barry manilow couldn't be more camp um uh you know people there's also a guy called peter allen who was the campus man on earth and he was so he was that camp he actually married liza minnelli that's how camp he was um and he wrote some amazing songs don't cry out loud um uh now my mind's gone blank and all the other songs that but he uh he wrote a song called um I'll, uh, I think it's called, I'll always call Australia home. He was Australian and it is, you know, I have no affinity to Australia, but there's just the certain, that song, I imagine if you were from Australia, you would sing your heart out to that song. It's, he's an, do you, do you know Peter Allen? No, I don't. I literally just wrote it down. So yeah, I can check, check him out. out. He, um, and a very interesting life as well. Somebody, uh, they did at his life story. Uh, who's the guy that did Wolverine? What's his name? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman played uh, Peter Allen. I think it was called The Boy from Oz, I think it was called, which was a a, a Broadway uh, show. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, at the moment I'm listening to uh, Peter Allen. Peter Allen. We're going to say the best thing about music right now is so many things, <laughs> but we're going we're to go with Peter Allen because I think then more people might 
listen to him. I think that'd be quite nice. If you Google him singing I Go to Rio, which was a song that he wrote for, which is the campus song in the world anyway, and the way he sings it at the piano is hysterical. In fact, after this, I'm going to WhatsApp you the link so you can... Do it. I don't want you to watch the wrong one. You need to watch the one where it's it's so camp, it's off the scale. It's be. It's, um, I'll put it in the bio below as well, so, we, so everyone oh, yeah. else can have a little have a little lift and a little watch as well. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking something random. Darren, something random. We've had loads of random things when it comes to the best thing uh, of something random. So, what is? Yours. Actually, before I start this, you thought that I was going to choose the actual random category. <laughs> well, I didn't know. And it's like, I was very happy for you to choose it and for me to give my opinion on it. And I was quite intrigued. But another thought, no, it must be me. So I thought of something um, that I can't live without. And I've also got the thing, cause, because I'm from, you know, the north, I'm from Yorkshire, and I'm sort of, you know, I was like free dinners kid. So like I've got a bit of a northern chip on my shoulder and all the rest of it. If somebody said this to me, I would probably punch them squarely in the face. But this is this <laughs> this is my random thing, okay, that I couldn't live without. Okay. I, I have no idea what you're gonna say. This is amazing. Go on, go on. I couldn't live without Radio 4. Oh that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> it is fine, but I the amount of people that maybe I'm mixing with the wrong people here. They say, "What did you did you watch? Think so and so. You know, did you watch? You know, cops going live, getting their heads blown off on that. And it's like on Channel Five. No, I didn't watch that. Oh, did you watch that thing about you know sex workers on Channel Four where they're all on the dole and that? No, no. Oh, what did you do? I listened to Radio Four. What? What you had gardeners. You had gardeners. Question time and uh, women's hour to, I, to keep I in check. I love right. gardeners. Question time. I've you got quite a big garden here, but I'm not very good at gardening. Um, I love everything from the only one thing I don't like. I shouldn't say it really. Well, in our time, which you won't know, Melvin Bragg program. I know. I know it. Yeah, I know. Oh, it. I can't listen to that. that that's terrible. Oh, I that's fine though. That's like one show out of many it's, that you you like it. Archers? Are you the Archers fan? like the archers but i wouldn't like if the archers was on i wouldn't turn it off but everything else from uh today um or if i get up super early you know farming today or whatever that program's called through to everything you know the, there's so many things i'm at them and now this this these the, the podcast things or whatever you call them um on bbc sounds on BBC Sounds, oh my goodness. I remember when because when we started doing this, you couldn't actually get radio for here. They they were oh, wow. when we first started, you know, the um uh Benidorm TV show filming. You know that show that you wrote and won loads of awards, oh, that God, show. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember anything <laughs> about it. I had to walk into my bar just to remind me what it looked like. Um so yeah, everything from I would gladly pay the license fee just for Radio Four. Um it's it educates it entertains i'm currently listening to uh john cooper clark who as you will know no you don't know oh you do do, yeah yeah okay the bard of salford um punk poet punk poet he's about 78 um but he is like one of the few people that are guaranteed to make me laugh out loud 
He said, can I just quote you one line from him from last night? And I'm still, every time I think about it, I'm still laughing. Do he, it. He said, I didn't get on with my last wife. We didn't get on astrologically. Um, I was an Aquarius and she was an arsehole. <laughs> and I just thought that's one of the funniest things I've heard this week. It's just this month, even. And he... And then you've got his amazing poetry, which is quite sort of, you know, it all sounds like a sort of Manchester machine gun going off. It's like, it's like, you know, don't think of, you know, Yates or, you know, bloody, I don't know, you know, John Donne or these like lyrical rolling sort of, you know, poetry. This is hard nosed, you know, Salford council sort of, um, I don't know what you call it. I don't know. Uh, I, I think. I think what's just great about it is, like you said, it's very educational. It's very kind of laid back. You know, you you learn so much. And you know what? Not just you, not just myself that like Radio Four. My dog Darcy loves Radio Four. When I leave the house, I pop it on. You leave and she's happy as Larry. Yeah. See, there's something for everyone in that, even for Darcy. If can, and no matter how you know, if you leave her for a few hours, she'll have gone through literally. You know the the infinite monkey cage and or, or um, what's that other one? More or less, you know, that one, more or less, where they talk about like things being estimated, like numbers, and and when people go, oh, you know, nine out of ten people, it's like, where did you get that? You know, uh, I just love it. I just love it, and I could, if somebody took my the only thing I've watched on telly um, during this or post sort of lockdown, whatever, um, is the snooker. I do like a bit of snooker. Nice, me too. But um, yes, Radio 4 for me is my random thing. And I think if Radio 4, there's all this talk about what's going to happen to the BBC and stuff, but I, there's no way. I will oh. I will personally fund Radio 4. I'll do anything. I'll sell everything I have just to, you know. <laughs> well, you know where to come if you want to say Radio 4. You go straight to Darren. Those, that, you know, it's very easy. <laughs> if somebody, you know, I'm from Yorkshire, I'm working class, I'm just like, I don't know if it's aimed at me, but I don't care. But that's that's the magic of it. So I'm going to say Darren's thing uh, when it comes to something random, his best thing is Radio 4. Um, I've got one other question for you. You can answer it very simply, but we'll give you a little bit of a break. But it's a new question for Series 2, and it is, what is the best thing about you? Oh, my God. <laughs> Find out in a second. Darren, sorry, I I literally gave you that uh, that question. I don't think it's fair, but uh, I like doing it anyway. What is the best thing when it comes to you, Darren? Okay, so I must preface this with, of all the people I know, I probably like me least. Now, that's not, a, it's not a, you know, it's nothing that requires an answer. That's just a fact, okay? I'm not a big fan of myself. So I take it, I, I find compliments very difficult and all the rest of that. So, but that put aside, I can say um, without fear of <laughs> contradiction, I'm a very good friend. I'm also a terrible enemy, but I don't, I, I'm not an enemy to many people, but I'm a very good friend. 
I if mean, you, if you're my friend, I'll do anything for you. I mean, anything. Uh, that's why I only have about three friends. <laughs> but that, that, that's what they say. You should be able to count your your best friends on your one hand. So, sort of oh, I mean, I think if you're going to give yourself such a hard time, which I don't think anyone would say about you, and I think sometimes um, I've always said that some in most occasions what people think about you is who you actually are and i can guarantee that the people i know and have been around and seen you and the way they act around you not because you might have written a wonderful show just you being you you've always treated people with the utmost respect you've always listened and you've always and you know even just doing this right now is is amazing i i've i've never really asked much from you ever and I, I just feel like you are a really good friend. And I wouldn't even say that like we are close friends, but I know like if I said, Oh, do you mind if I, I know that you would either just tell me to piss off, but, or, or, or just say, you know, give me a straight answer, but you are a lovely, lovely guy. And uh, I just wanted to get that in as well. I know you don't like compliments, so I'll stop. I I'm not a kid on compliments, but what I will say is it's very interesting. You can imagine how many people have um, uh, been in the show that, I did for 10 years, an awful lot of guest stars. And, you know, I think it was a weird, when you came, we had a, a one, I think we had one night out maybe with some people um, and yeah. we all got drunk and just did what we do in Benidorm and had a really good laugh and stuff. But because we were so busy, we didn't spend that much time uh, so I didn't get to know you that well, but I know I, I liked you a lot, and I th and I know that we got on well and stuff. But I'm not the kind of person that would really, you know, sort of. I, you know, I, my biggest regret is that I didn't keep in, in touch very much with an actor called Keith Barron, who I adored and I respected, and you know, and it's just, and I'm going to stop doing that because I just thought like, oh, they won't want to, you know, they won't be, won't be hassled by me. They won't want me sending them a message and blah, blah, blah. So yes. So I'm going to keep in touch with you more and I'm going to annoy you more. <laughs> please, do, please do. Please do. I mean, I, I, and uh, what a lovely thing. And, and I think all your friends, when they listen to this, they will be like, yeah, you, you are really are a really good friend. I just also want to say just very quickly, when I was going for a really tough time, when I did uh, the X Factor back in the day, I got given a signed uh, Benidorm uh, box set um, from you. And I don't know if you remember even doing this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But it beyond just made me feel so much better. Because I think like you have this whole thing that like, no one likes you and all that sort of stuff and blah, blah, blah. I think when you're on TV, that's just what you have anyway. Yeah. And then when I, because I think, I don't, you know, you asked me to do the show and stuff and I just had the most amazing time. And met, I still speak to Steve Pemberton and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's a great guy. And, uh, but it really did lift my spirits up. And even if I never got a chance to say, I just want to say thank you so much for just being wonderful. And you are such a great guy. Anyway, quickly, what are you up to now? What's happening now? Uh, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing what I, during lockdown, I got a bit panicky because I'd just taken on this bar and there was shed loads of money uh, going out and literally zero coming in. So I did a bit of a panic and I said to my agent, okay, I, which I never say this, but I said, I need some work. Okay. Work has always come in and I've always turned down work um, because not because I'm lazy, just because I just don't want to do everything that people <laughs> want me to do. Um, but I did say on this very rare occasion, I need some work. So she said, okay, um, spitting image. I've asked you to write some sketches for them. So the new, oh, um, wow. so I wrote some sketches during the lockdown and then I got way too busy with the bar. So I'd stopped uh, doing that. But um, yeah, I wrote some sketches for them. And then literally 
I've got a what do they call it? Zoom, is it, or whatever they call yeah, it? Yeah, a Zoom call. A Zoom, <laughs> a Zoom call. That's a bit like <laughs> black chicken. Um, I've got a Zoom call. Yeah, Zoom call. In a Zoom, I've got Whipsnade on the line, um, and uh, you know when people go, I can't talk about what it is, and we all go, Yeah, he's not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> there, I've got a meeting. Um. Uh, and it potentially it's because I'd kind of semi-retired. The reason I did this bar is because I kind of wanted to semi-retire. Um, and um, let's just say, I don't think I can. Da, da, da. Well, and I don't think you should. And I was going to say that, but I didn't want to interrupt you. So, yeah, so we'll see, but it's something, if something comes of it, then I think it will be fairly big. Um, if it doesn't, I'll just go back to, um, uh, you know, talking to people about what I was back in the day when I had a career. <laughs> you still are. People are still watching it, which is amazing. Uh, where can people find you if they want to follow you? Are you on Twitter? Are you on oh, Instagram? Yes. Are you on TikTok doing dances? Uh, weirdly, not, I'm not flossing on TikTok. You see, there's a there's a <laughs> reference, which is only, only a couple of years old that I could have dropped into the conversation. Right you could have, you could have. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, just, yeah, somewhere. I don't know. Don't follow me. I'm very dull. <laughs> we'll put the link below. We'll, we'll make sure people yeah. are following you. No, uh, Darren, <laughs> you're an absolute star. Thank you so much for doing, uh, this podcast and it's a pleasure and you can phone me and call me or message me as much as you want. Send me little films that you think I should watch and, 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 oh, and, and pull, yeah, yeah, you've got to send me stuff as well. Haven't you? Yeah, so. little, Peter Allen. Yeah. Peter Allen. I'm going to send you Peter Allen in a minute. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. You're a star and uh, hopefully I'll be out to see you very soon. Yes. And you'll be, you can repay that box set by singing on my karaoke. Any time ever. (laughs) See you then. Thank you. It's time for the thank yous. Thank you so much to Darren Litton for just being a dream and saying he would do the podcast. He is super, super talented. Thank you to Adam Harris for keeping us all fact-based and fact-checked with Fat Chicken. You can find out his answer at the end of the podcast after Bethia Beats. Talking about Bethia Beats, thank you to Bethia, as always, for giving us the best in brand new music. Thank you to the lads at Film Bag, making sure we don't miss out on those must-see movies. We would be nothing without him. Yes, Professor Oli Giyu, making sure we're all nicely kept in our place as he produces this wonderful podcast. Thank you so much to him. The music in the background is by myself. Tom Baxter and Jimmy Lundy. The artwork is done by JMD. Next up, Adam Harris's answer for Bat Chicken, followed by the wonderful Bethia Beats track of the pod. See you next time. <laughs> Sup, y'all. Adam, Fat Chicken, doing the fact checking for you. Um, give yourselves a pat on the back for sitting through whatever rubbish he was talking about this week so i've been checking out for you whether cats only meow at humans and it looks like they do adult cats only meow at humans and not other cats kittens do meow to their mother but once they get a little older cats no longer meow to other cats there you go i'll have another one for you next week even had a clue I guess it threw me cause I couldn't see it came right out the blue when every said it was over my head's been around in circles but trust me